You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. From the kickoff to the shootout, we're amped up, we're ramped up. For a breakaway from a set play, it's a give and go. And yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm Ian. With me today, as always, Kieran, Kingmaker Doyle, and Harrison Hopalong Crow. How's everybody doing this afternoon? Good. I am. I'm well. I like Hopalong too. We're we're yeah. getting. I came up with one for you, Ian. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. You are Ian the Luckmaker Lamberson. Oh, the Luckmaker. Okay. Because, as Austin fans will tell you, you make your own luck. Oh, boy, both these fan bases do love to say that, don't they? A little foreshadowing, <laughs> a little Chekhov's gun here in the first act of the American Soccer Analysis Show. Pew, pew, pew. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Austin today. We're going to talk about St. Louis today. Uh, but first, fellas, we got him. B.J. Callaghan, interim manager of the United States men's <laughs> national team. We have done it! Finally, do you pronounce the G? Is that is it Callaghan and not Callahan? I said Callaghan, didn't I? I know I have I have no idea which one it actually is. I I don't know either. <laughs> I assume it's not. You know, that's a great question. I'm sure uh, all of uh, the big BJ Callaghan fans out there will will write in and tell us if I got it wrong. Uh, my my take on it is if. You just want to be named Callahan? Just leave the G out. Just leave it out. That's what I say. Not my fault. I'm just going to read it. Um, I have a theory. I have a speculative theory for you, too. I want to test this out. Okay. I think Jesse Marsh might not. This this is not Jesse Marsh's dream job <laughs> to be the coach of the United States men's national team. I kind of feel like. There's no other real explanation. Like, he's had enough time off, right, at this point? Because it's been a while. I think he's hearing some things, maybe, some other jobs. And I think he just – you ever, like, have to take a job and you're, like, really hoping to hear from a couple others first? And, like, you're like, all right, well, this is my safety job. I think I think we're his safety job. That's my speculation. I think that's, that's fair. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kieran. It would explain the timeline of things of why they're so – we're going to have six interims before we hire somebody. Okay. <laughs> like the amount of game, the amount of time you have, like the amount of like actual literal time you have to, to coach this team is already so small that you're just going to like pass on to, I mean, not huge competitions, but pretty big in the, on the United States men's national team calendar. Uh, that just seems crazy to me. I got to think there's something going on. I got to think that he's hearing whispers that, that one of these other teams, like I can see him like in his mindset, kind of thinking like going back to America, even for this, like, you know, national team job would be kind of like a step back for him or something like he still has more to like prove in Europe, like after his last two coaching stints. Right. Oh, how many, te- how many coaches really make their name for themselves. And then as kind of their midway point are a national team coach, and then go on to do something at a bigger club and use the national team as a jumping point. I don't feel like that's a real thing. I feel like this would almost, uh, sadly to say, this might be the apex of his career, uh, the high point. Um, and I don't think that, I think that he wants to avoid that. I think that this wants to be more of the, the, the latter stages of his coaching career. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like sense. that's I feel like uh, Greg Berhalter it was kind of a unique person in, in the in the context of where he was within his coaching career to come into the U- U.S. men's national team. 
I don't really know what his progression as a coach. I don't think he's going to Europe. He's probably going to end up as an MLS coach. I'd be, I kind of actually keep eyeing the uh, galaxy job. I think that that would be kind of an interesting place for him to land. Um, I I hate saying that because I really don't think that that's very fair of, you know, the ongoing situation, but regardless, uh, I don't think that it's the high point, right? I think that it's, it, it's, he still has more to do. And I think he wants to go back to Europe. I think he wants to go back to Germany and Belgium. If I'm being completely honest, just reading tea leaves and reading, you know, uh, what we all have access to. I don't have any special, you know, insider information. Mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. That's just my, my perspective of what I see. I'd, I'm, I would be surprised at this point if Jesse Marsh took the job. I also would, I don't really know why they would want, how do I phrase this? I think Jesse Marsh is a very good coach. I think he's a very bad fit for the current makeup of the U.S. men's national team. I agree. Like He's not really a national team kind of style, is he? No. I think, I think there's nothing wrong with national teams playing his style. And I think from the perspective of you have limited training time, so you generally can't train complex possession-based systems. Jesse Marsh is like a good national team hire for some teams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think when you consider the U.S., like you've just spent a whole four-year cycle of like, we're going to disrupt teams with the ball. So to hire Jesse Marsh, who I think is a good coach, though some will disagree, he is not a disrupt-you-with-the-ball coach. So you are going the complete opposite direction then. And you might look at this U.S. roster and, and Matt Crocker might look at this, this pool and say, yeah, we're just never going to be good enough if we keep control of the ball. I would disagree with that assessment. And if that's what you think, then that's what you think. But I'm not really sure that's the case. I am I, also curious where Jesse Marsh goes because I think there are numerous – I think the shine – has not really gone off of him in club circles as much as it has in fan circles. Uh, yeah, I mean, and obviously, like, Leeds cratering. Leeds cratering and going down has been like, oh, okay, you were fine. Yeah, it turns out it wasn't you, actually. Did you see that thing ESPN tweeted about, like, the American experiment being fa- being a failure at Leeds? Oh, my like, God, what a disaster. They're also like ninety percent Americans of that, right now. Yeah, like, 90% of that organization is not American. <laughs> Yeah, and they're does, about to be bought by that, Americans. It does say something about two of our best players being on the on that team, though. I mean, yes, the coaching was not great, and yes, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of other things at play. But you know, Weston McKinney being there, Tyler Adams being there, that just there's a lot of. I, I still think there was a lot of talent on that team. I just, uh, yeah, man. Uh, it just isn't great. It's not great for either of those two players to be in that situation now. I have to think they're not going to be in that situation probably next year. I mean, well, McKenny is definitely not. He's going back to UVA. And yeah. Adams, yeah, if Adams just, doesn't get, if he Adams has something in his his contract, right? McKenny. Yeah, McKenny was Receive on loan, loan with a, he was on loan oh, with a purchase okay. option, and okay. both teams were like, "Yeah, you're definitely not." We're not going to get that one. purchase. <laughs> and Adams and Aronson both have release clauses. Yeah, um, I mean, someone's going to want uh, Adams for sure. I like, I think Adams is like a sneaky, really good target for some good teams. Like Leeds, yeah. when Adams played versus when he didn't play, or were like totally different. You look at any of those big clubs that need like a third or fourth choice, really solid CM, and like Adams yeah. would be a great fit for that. I'd be I curious. Low key, want Newcastle so bad. What do you think of Aronson in the Premier League? And was that a mistake? I think it's a really bad fit for him. Um, Why? I, just I mean, think I, obviously, he, he wasn't. A, it, obviously, he wasn't as dynamic as what he was. But there's a lot of reasons at play. Or at least that's my theory. Um, what What did you see? Because you watched way more than I did. I like Aronson. Like, I think he's. I I see what coaches see. Like, the guy works crazy hard and like makes good runs. He's an excellent presser, but like the in possession stuff really just hasn't come yet. And like, he's still very young, obviously, but I think it's one of those things where like, if you want output from Aronson now, he's much better suited to playing Bundesliga 
or like he was Austrian Bundesliga before, but like Bundesliga ball and playing very pressy, very transitional soccer over it's the Premier League is like you can play kind of however you want stylistically, but we've seen it's very difficult to play like Bundesliga energy drink soccer in the Premier League so far. Like even right. Brentford, who like played very fast, very pressy. And the championship came up and we're like, no, we're going to play 5-3-2 and defend for our lives. Fulham was similar. Fulham was similar. Um, I am kind of curious, though, because uh, you pointed out exactly what I wanted to talk about with Aronson is that uh, his on-the-ball skills haven't necessarily aren't there. And I'm curious, have you seen it really develop since he left Philadelphia? Because honestly, I don't see that. I don't see that he's better on the ball. I mean, he's definitely really strong in transition and getting forward with the ball, uh, making those strong runs, but like in a possession, uh, finding that last pass or, or finding uh, holes in the defense as you're kind of trying to develop and, and move players around to get those shot opportunities. I don't feel those skill sets are there just yet. Maybe they develop. I don't know. I'm, I'm inclined to say they are. Um, just on the basis of like, if you look at some of his passing numbers, like his progressive passes are up, his passes into the final third, his passes into the box are all up compared to his time with the union, even though he's playing in a much better league, they're still not great. Like I think as far as progressive passing goes, he's like 40th percentile or something for the premier league. I was looking at his FB ref the other day, but he's 40th percentile for the premier league. And he was 40th percentile in MLS, which is obviously a weaker league. I We don't have data for Austrian Bundesliga, but who knows what that looks like given the talent advantage of Salzburg. But I think that's <laughs> one of those things, like if you maintain, as a young player, if you make a step up in league, but you maintain the performance, that is development, even though it doesn't look like it. That's fair. That's that's a really good point. That's fair. I like Brendan Aronson a lot. But he... You know, I think he uh, would be the first to tell you that it, it didn't go as as hoped. <laughs> uh, you know, struggling. I think mainly just in that kind of system, you've got to be like, it's well, well and good to chase down the ball well, but like you, you can't lose it immediately. And this was this was a problem. But we're here to talk about not Brendan about the Premier League uh, because Premier League is over. It's done. Maybe forever. We don't know. Uh, we're going to talk about Major League Soccer, a league very much not not done yet. And we have two of our favorite clubs here, um, St. Louis and, of course, Austin FC. Let's start with Austin. Karen, can I ask you a question? Indeed. Who could have seen this coming? Well, who could have <laughs> predicted this harsh cruel regression to the mean who whom amongst us what what oracle could have foreseen this karen i have two words to answer your question the kingmaker score and board scoreboard baby all right so obviously austin when we talked about austin last year um a lot of analytics people pointed out that their whole, uh, you know, great run success, uh, very exciting, very fun to watch, very uh, entertaining. Uh, we had some questions because the underlying numbers were really out of whack with what we actually saw. And the hope this year was that if you're an Austin fan, I think it would have been that the actual um, results would continue, but also the underlying numbers would kind of rise to meet that. Um well, what what's happened instead, I think, is that it's gone. <laughs> the actual results have kind of been way more in line with where we thought uh, they would be on a longer timeline. Um, mainly, I think, uh, you know, Driussi, not, you know, not doing the goals like he was. And uh, he was such a big part of what was happening last season that um, – yeah, I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any takes on that? Do you, do you see any difference? Is this the exact same Austin team we had last year, or this just a more realistic outcomes, or, or have have they actually regressed in their their playing and their, and their ability? By by expected goals, they're basically in line with where they were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there has been some 
not just regression. I think true UC has broadly been worse as well. Yeah. Um, like if you look at some of the spectacle output, you look like G plus still doesn't like him. Um, I don't know. I, I, there, his expected goals have dropped like almost his expected goals and expected assists have dropped like 20% compared to last year. How much of that is he hasn't taken a penalty or whatever? I don't know. Um, they're vaguely where they were. And this is to be expected when you finish a season uh, that you exceed expectations massively, right? Like Austin, we're the worst team in the league in 2021, 2022. They get themselves to about zero, but they play much better than zero or they score goals at a rate much better than zero. Um, and you come in and you're like, well, we don't need to do anything. We were so close. And they didn't really do anything. Like all their summer business was like peripheral. It was like adding like bits and like not getting rid of Rigoni because you think he's fine. Um, Whoops. <laughs> and, and doubling Driussi's salary instead of cashing in on a crazy season. So, like, it's not altogether unsurprising that they're about the same to me. I don't think they are the same. Uh, honestly, can I? I, I just want to. I have a difference of opinion, and that's. I think they're. I think they're worse. I think they're maybe not significantly, but they're absolutely worse than what they were. And it's not just from because they're not over expecting those it's that they're slightly below what they're expect, expecting right their expected points are down uh and they're under their expected points so even if they were doing what they were doing last season i think they'd be a playoff team right now they are not a playoff team i would be praying that skc continues to crater that rsl um doesn't get slightly better because at this point in team at time they're only they're only hope is that Portland continues to be Portland and they can like, that's a, that Austin, Portland flip a coin. One of those teams is going to head to the playoffs with RSL and SKC where they're at right now. This is a Austin team talent wise. They could probably edge Portland. Probably. So if we but, look at their, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but they're not what they were last year. They are they are significantly less than that, in my opinion. So if we look at their um, XGD, um, as we like to do here, or we'll do just their basic, you know, their difference, like their overperformance was last year. They were uh, 0.65 GD minus XGD, um, which is tremendously high. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Per game. And this year they yeah, are. Game, yeah, right. They, yeah. And, you know, this year so far for a game, it's negative it's 0.17. Um, they've dropped about half a point per game in actual results. And yeah, like their expected points are, are yeah, like Harrison said, they're not tremendously different, but they're definitely worse. Um, and I think a lot of it is just they're scoring about half the goals they score. <laughs> like, agree. Uh, yeah, like they scored. Uh, I think they, yeah, so like they were averaging one goal a game in 2021, their first season when they were very bad, 1.88 goals per game last season and one back to one goal a game here. Um, surprisingly, Giazzi Sardis did not, did not replace, I guess, Rudy in that sense and like make that like a more secondary scoring threat. Um, you know, I, I, I know that he has his detractors, but you know, I think that there was an expectation that he could be like a solid, um, He's shown that he can score goals in MLS. You know, maybe not be like a, a thirty goal a year, twenty goal a year kind of guy necessarily consistently, but uh, I, I think it's probably fair to say that hasn't gone yeah. super well. Um, yeah, it, it's just like you know, I think the leading scorer this year is John Gallagher. I mean, like that's not what you want to see. <laughs> they're re, they're reminted uh, striker to right back. Yeah, this is what he's playing <laughs> now. Yeah. Can can I propose can I propose a, a a reason? Yeah. So how much of this do we think is like? So I, I look I'm looking kind of at the breakdown because the expected goal difference is only a little bit worse if you look at the non penalty expected goal difference per game. Mm-hmm. Last year was like plus point oh six or something plus point oh three. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the oh, that's, that's a good right call. Now. That's a good call. Um, 
And then this year it's like minus 0.06. So it's on a per game basis is like not that different over the season. That's obviously like six goals or whatever. But um, the big difference is that both totals are lower. So on both sides of the ball. Last year, they were putting up 1.4 expected goals, non-penalty expected goals a game. It's down to 1.1. Defensively, they were conceding 1.38. Now it's down to like 1.22. So I look at that, and the thing that comes to mind for me is, okay, the expected goals are so much worse. Because 0.3 out of out of 1.4 is a lot. Like You're losing a quarter of your output almost. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of that is just like they're not getting the rub of the goals going in, and they don't get to play in transition? Because we've seen, right, we've talked about game state and how that affects XG a lot. And, like, we just talked about leads. So, like, this was a big thing that people were like, get rid of Jesse Marsh because all their XG is from losing game states. But with Austin, I'm curious, and I haven't looked this up, so if if somebody has and, and wants to talk about this on Twitter, I would love to hear it. I'd be so curious to see what their game state XG from last year to this year looks like. Because last year they were always scoring first, even if they didn't deserve it. And we know that if you're winning, that's generally good for your XG metrics. It helps to be winning. It is easier to play soccer when you are winning. Sometimes we see situations where you've dropped deep to defend and the other team racks up a ton of XG because they're chasing the game. Sometimes. But in general, playing from behind is harder from an XG perspective. It is harder to generate XG. You concede more chances because you are chasing the game. So I'm curious how much that plays into things for Austin. Yeah. Um, well, for one, they are getting a, a lot less penalties. So that's a very good point. Um, about a fourth of the penalties they were getting per game last year. Without, I mean, we've seen that really hurt team. Like Atlanta was a team that, like, once they lost like their, you know, free goal every other game, you know, suddenly like found it a lot harder to to pile on points. Like that that can't be ignored for sure. I've looked at the even game state here, and. Uh, yeah. Um, next GD at even game state last year was negative 0.23. It's actually only negative 0.03 uh, at even game state this year. So even game state is weird uh, yeah. because <clears throat> it's it's a little bit hard to. I think I think there's something about the early stages of a game or something that I, I feel like somebody talked to me about this. I had this question uh, before and I feel like there's something else we can dive into that in a, in another podcast, but I think that there's something weird with, uh, with, with how you change games, uh, not just like even or uneven, like what Kieran was talking about, but specifically like uh, even game states, there's something weird with it. And I don't recall. Sorry. Yeah. It is. It's not. It's not exact. It, it, but yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to that. Like they're just. <clears throat> you don't want to be. Uh, you don't want to be chasing, do you? So where do where do Austin go from here? Like, are we like they're done for the year? Is that where we are with them, or are they like the West is like pretty crappy this year, and it doesn't really matter that they can probably come back? Well, I think. You know, Drew C is the thing, right? Like, he's missed some games. You know, like, there's been some injury there. Um, I think he's uh, missed seven games this year already. Um, like, that's not insignificant. And I don't want to, like, uh, <clears throat> downplay that at all. Like, having your, your guy back is going to be important. You know, we've seen so many MLS teams kind of flounder when they lose their their best player. Like, that's not, that's not a crazy thing. Um so I don't necessarily think that the, this is like a, you know, a finished team. I don't. I don't think there's no way back from this. I think that the the way that the the way that a lot of Western Conference teams have sort of been uh, profligate so far, like, does leave an opportunity. Um, I don't. I wouldn't count just about anybody out at this point. <laughs> like, we've seen. Um, you know, we're not sure how LFC is going to handle their 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 fixture pile up. We've seen Seattle flounder a bit already. Um, St. Louis, we'll get to them in, in a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're done. I don't think anything's set in stone at this point. Like they haven't been great, but I think if Drews he can get healthy, you know, they've got another window to make acquisitions. Maybe this they can finally, 
you know, jettison Ragoni and get somebody like Dangerous in there. Like we've seen how quickly like MLS can turn in the transfer window. Like the, the, it would be crazy to say that they're at, they're just done, done. I think. My, my positive take for Austin is that like Brad Stuver is legit. Yeah. He's still really yes, good. Agreed. Like, like this we've seen now, I think, I think I wrote the Austin preview this year. And, and that was one of the things I said was like, we now have like three straight seasons of Brad Suver is a legitimately very good goalkeeper in MLS. And that is something to really hang your hat on. Uh, so it's quite exciting. Well, I don't know about exciting that you need him to be so good, but <laughs> it, it is oh. useful that you have that like three to five to seven goal cushion every year that your goalkeeper is going to bail you out. And that changes playoff games. That, I mean, Stefan Fry is a great example. And actually, that's that's it's funny that you bring up Stuver because that's kind of actually where I was. Uh, my mind went to Stefan Fry and him earlier this uh, this last week, I think, when I was looking at this. And, and in, a, in a weird sort of way, they kind of have some similarities. And with Stuver coming into what I think age 30 season, he's he's kind of just peaking as a, as a keeper right now. He's the next couple of years, I think are going to be really strong from him. And if that's the case, you know, they have a really good opportunity to snag some games in the playoffs, right? You have a keeper that's going to stand on there that has that ability to stand on their head. And then on top of that, you have a, a difference maker in the middle, in the middle of the park uh, with Drusy. You could very well, um, you could very well steal some games in the playoffs as a result. Yeah. If you can figure out how to get either <laughs> Jettison Rigoni or just like figure out what made him potentially good in your eyes. Like that's, that's the key. Um, I, I would also say that their defense has been slightly better. That was one of the, one of the big complaints that we had. And while their attack has really not been very good, their defense has actually been mildly better and Leo Vasinen uh, as well as uh, uh, Alexander Ring taking over that spot they have kind of stepped up and, and helped kind of be a little bit better uh, in front of goal and I think that that also helps Stuver in the long term yeah for sure I agree they, they, uh, they've been like roughly a playoff level defense I think I think that's yeah I would agree with that yeah. all they gotta do is make the playoffs I mean and that's like they're they're right there. Like yeah, it, it's 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 far from from doom and gloom for Austin so far. And uh, you know, we're laughing just because we had a fight with them as an organization against their organization last year. And you know, they didn't do themselves any favor with their laminations and whatever. Like their whole keep doubting a shtick and <laughs> all of should've that. La- Should have laminated some spreadsheets. Ooh, ooh. There's, there's, the, there's the pull quote there. Oh my God, that was good. Kingmaker's coming for you, Austin. Um, you know, I, I, I want to be... Like when I was looking at this this week, I, I honestly expected it to be worse than it, it was. Like my general impression of them was sort of, oh, like they're finished, they're done. But like, yeah, looking at it, like, they're fine. Like they're, they're, it's, I hope that there's a realization now uh, amongst people that were just telling me that, that Josh Wolf, you know, his tactics just transcended math. Like, I hope that some of that has gone away from the fan base a little bit. And I hope there's a more realistic understanding that like, yeah, y'all was playing soccer that, that that's covered under this. And I, uh, I just, I don't, this isn't like, I think the people that were saying like, oh, Austin's going to win the West. They're going to win the West. They're the best team. You know, like they're going to be the surprise team. I, I think we all, a lot of, I think a lot of us were, were like, that is overblown. Um, but yeah, this is not a, this is not a disaster team. We're not, we're not talking about a disaster team yet. Um, it could turn that way. Like, you know, you get to this transfer window and you make a couple more bad decisions. Like, you could put yourself in a hole for a couple of years. Uh, I think they're kind of in an important spot right now where they've had their success. They've had their, um, you know, they made the champions league. They were obviously humiliated in that champions league. Um, you know, how do you respond to that as an organization? And uh, this is the first time they've ever kind of had that sort of, Oh, we thought we were good, but it turns out, we're not, we're not good. And that magic that we were sort of relying on without realizing it, 
it's not there. It never was. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 it's going to be a very interesting summer window for them, I think. One other piece that I want to shout out is Diego Fagundes, who's only played like 400 some odd minutes and had a great, great 2022. Right. And so that's another player that um, could potentially, uh, they get healthy, they get more consistent playing time. They could come on and, and definitely be an injection, right? That's like a mid season signing. You get some of these guys healthy. So um, one other th- throw out there. Are we yeah. ready to move on from Austin? Because I have news to break. Oh, break some news. Uh, the Galaxy just fired Chris Klein. Interesting. Uh, who is their president and uh, supporting director and head coach Gregory Vanny will be leading all soccer soccer operations in the interim. That is suboptimal. That is an interesting choice with that. I, I have to imagine. Hmm. I mean, that's that's what Galaxy fans wanted, right? I mean, uh, first of well, all, I don't I think feel- Van- I don't feel like Vanny should have been fired right off the bat. I'm not a Vanny supporter or truther or anything, but I felt like there's a lot of key pieces that were doing him a disservice. And Chris Klein has had how many years of endless bottomless bank to basically build a team and has just flushed it down the toilet. I, like I, I don't see and, the and- issue with this. And he, he got suspended for breaking, like, the only rule in MLS you can't break. Right. <laughs> Don't get caught. Um, also, also the, galaxy, <laughs> the, the, the Galaxy have disabled the replies on the tweet, which is quite funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> they are. They are down bad. Oh, they are so down bad. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, let's not get too bogged down the Galaxy. But uh, it's interesting, like. Um, I guess maybe you don't want to just do it all at once. And I, I don't see how Vanny like turns this. I don't think he's a front office guy. I, I don't see how you turn this around over the course of a year. Like you, you want to talk about teams that are just like actually a disaster. I don't I, think they're that bad. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think they are either. I think yeah, they, they have some really good pieces. They, they and I don't still, think their finances are, are a mess either from what we recall talking about it here two weeks ago. They, they have a zero expected goal difference and a minus 14 goal difference. Like, that's okay. unbelievable. But. It's the reverse Austin. But. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Maybe they turned it around. Maybe the and, front office. Maybe maybe the, the president of soccer is what was causing all the bad vibes in the locker room. I don't know. I don't buy it, guys. I, I, I think. <laughs> I, I think I think there's something to be said for when you step out on the field and no one wants to be out there at that at that stadium when your fans don't want to support you when there is so much turmoil in the front office and with how things are going that it's eking into the front or eking into the locker room like it has nothing to do with your coach it has nothing to do with the other players on there you just kind of don't want to be there. And maybe this presents a fresh start, a fresh opportunity that the fan base is going to be reinvigorated and wants to show up and support the team. And look, yeah, okay, we're talking about fans on what is largely an analytical podcast, but fans aren't completely in, irrelevant and vibes aren't completely irrelevant. And as much as I would love to rally uh, to just absolutely throw against, you know, good feelings and, you know, uh, you know, heart, Okay, there's there is something to be said for that. There's something to be said for working in an environment that you actually want to be in uh, on a daily basis, right? Yeah, but I would also say that, like, if no one wants to be there, the fans don't want to be there, the players don't want to be there. That's a little bit on the coach, isn't it? That's a little bit on the coach. Sure. Like that's kind of his whole job, right? Like that's not well, his job. Let's, let's look at what everything that Greg Vanny has been doing over the past like 18 months. Uh, Greg Vanny's had more than just coaching to, to deal with and try to, and as you already said, like that's not his bag. That, that's not what he does. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't even know if he has, you know, a lot of uh, good history in, in <laughs> being able to manage that stuff. He might be a little bit haphazardly, uh, you know, focused on other things at this point in time. And, you know, if that's the case, you know, it, it happens and the, the locker room is going to suffer as a result. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that they should keep Greg Vanny because he's awesome or because he's great. I just don't think he's been having a fair shake at what I think that he's good at. And that would be the only thing that I'm saying, but 
you know. Um, Vanny yeah. is de- decidedly not a recruitment guy. I think there's like a story from him being at TFC where he was like, I need a left winger for like multiple years in a row. And then they got him Pablo Piatti, who was like a left winger <laughs> through and through and Jefferson Soteldo. And he just constantly played them on the right. <laughs> so yeah, maybe, maybe fire inclined. Good. Vanny total control of the operation. Bad. Let Will Kuntz do something. Yes. Yeah. So you say his name. Kuntz? I mean, I just, I just wonder if there's yeah. anybody vaping on that plane. That's what I wonder. <laughs> oh, we're not. We do not have the time to talk about that today. <laughs> Let's talk about St. Louis. They deserve it. All right, St. Louis. <laughs> I don't know if that's a positive or negative connotation. Uh, St. Louis, the new Austin? Question mark. Yes. When we talked about St. Louis. Uh. <laughs> when we talked about St. Louis earlier this year, uh, back before we settled on this this team format thing that we're doing now. The thing we said was exciting, great, wonderful, awesome. Love it. Um, obviously it won't continue. It has not continued, but it also hasn't cratered either. Has it? I don't think that we said that they just flat won't continue. I feel like we said they're an above average team and that's about where they'll settle. Like I could be wrong, but I don't well, think that when, we can completely when we were, dis- when we were talking about it, they were winning every game four nil. Oh sure, and sure, sure, being sure. Gifted two games, and we said like that obviously wasn't right. Be yeah, thing that's that- not going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, but there, but I mean, take away, take away those those handed you know freebie goals. You know, they're they're still an above average team. They're not a bad team per se. No. Uh, they're not a great team, but. You know, they're going to they're I mean, the West is bad. I mean, you're going to go against Dallas and Minnesota and Houston. And you know what? Uh, Those aren't easy games, but they're not hard games either. Kieran, you said yes, they're the new Austin. Explain. I, I, I think they're like the exact same level team as Austin. They're like with normal, like playing to your vague ability they would finish either in one of the last playoff spots or just outside at this point they have enough points on the board much like Austin last year that that doesn't matter they're going to make the playoffs in a decent seed um but like if you look at some of the broader predictive metrics like they get into the final third less than every other team in the league bar like three they get into the box with passes not crosses less than every other team in the league bar three um Good. Most That's most good of stuff. most of their players on G plus are negative. I think they have like five yes. players who are positive. Um, there's just not that much there. Like I think they're fine, even if you look match by match. I think there's also like I don't I don't really know what to make of this kind of over the course of a season. But if you look at St. Louis like match by match expected goals performance, they haven't like won a game on XG since week five. And we are now week 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so like those little things, I'm like, okay, is it just like teams aren't passing the ball to your strikers for breakaways anymore? Like, I don't, is that a thing? I also think this kind of gets back to what we talked about in preseason. And when we talked about them at the beginning, it's like, they're not that deep a team. Like they don't have really more than 15 guys, even though they're like, we don't have DPs. We've got, we split it amongst the squad. And it's like, well, not really. Cause like Akil Watts, who's supposed to actually play for you has like a hundred minutes. And like Samuel Adenaran came on the first four games of the season and then you loaned him out. So like, I don't really understand which that is, one. Which is really disappointing. Cause he had some really solid like receiving numbers and, and yeah, he was like, he, he played, he had a full expected goal and like 10 progressive receptions in the, across 90 sub minutes. In somebody needs games. to go. Somebody needs to go get him. Like seriously, he, the San Antonio can't be holding him for very much. Like I would go and grab him. Anyways, go well, on. He's on, he's, on, he's on loan. So like, they oh, still is he just have, on they, loan? Oh, okay. Yeah, they still have him. But like, I don't understand why. Maybe he's like, hey, I haven't played as much as I want through four games. Can I go somewhere? I'm going to play all the time. But like, you need these guys to come off the bench. Like, you need these players. And okay, Vasilev has been okay. Joachny or however you say it has been like fine but they've not been good 
So I, Levin's I just, been good. Leuven, Leuven, yeah, yeah, Leuven. And, and Berkey has actually been awesome. Yeah, Berkey's was, been awesome. Yeah, he he's done way better than I predicted. But what Full I'll say is where they are, which is Austin now, which is like slightly worse than average, is a totally fine and respect respectable and acceptable place to be in your first season in MLS. Yeah, uh, I will say. Um, just basic bear, no qualifiers here on uh, just what we look at when we talk about quote unquote like overperformance um, based on underlying metrics. Currently, uh, and I, I, I'm double checking to make sure I haven't screwed up this spreadsheet here, but they are like per game 1.16 GD over XGD. Um, to put that into context, last year Austin was one of the top we've ever seen was 0.065 per game so they are way oh they're way they're, they're on pace way. to beat their actually by 40 goals yeah they are way 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 overperforming like the most in our data set just about and by a long shot so um yeah new austin i think might be kind of fair <laughs> it's just like just like what we talked about though beforehand with qualifying you know austin's been without drusy right likewise mm-hmm. st louis has been almost a month without Jao klaus so mm-hmm. i mean that's your that is the guy that yeah okay you said that you're not you're you're your designated team or whatever Jao klaus definitely was a difference maker in a lot of different ways uh both on the attack and on defense and losing a a month of him. Yeah. It's four games, but that does change kind of, especially when you're looking at, you know, 14, 15 games, uh, it it does change kind of how the stats read a little bit. And so I, I, I would only caution that much. I think with him there, they're a better, obviously they're a better team, but I, I think that you're, you're going to see better underlying numbers as a result too. I could, that's, that's my, that's my that's yeah, my stance, and sure. that's why and when I call them an above average team, that's that's with him up top as well. I think that all those numbers that you threw out are are perfect, and it definitely underlines. Maybe I'm giving them more credit than what they're due, especially for that early start uh, that was fast. But at the same time, I still I still think that they're better than than Dallas. I still think they're better than Minnesota. Um, so and, and I don't think that I I don't think they're even on talent with with Austin right now. That's just my opinion. Can I make the pessimist case and go the All other right. way? I, so I, I'm I'm quite close to you, but I'll play I'll play the other way. I'm very worried about them as League's Cup happens. Because mm, interesting. Then, yes. then we're getting into like the really congested part of the season where you're playing like Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. And like they're not the deepest squad. And OK, maybe they have a bunch of summer business lined up off the back of like, hey, we're quite good. Maybe we can spend a little bit. And it's not like their owners are um, not exactly in the bottom half of wealth in the league. So I'm just I'm curious to see how they manage that. And that would be my biggest worry is. Leagues Cup comes and like Leuven can't play seven matches in a row because you're playing seven matches in sure. 14 days or whatever. So we'll see how that goes. That's going to be a wild thing for every team. I mean, that's going to oh, be a wild I, thing for our data too. Like it, it that's, <laughs> and most teams are not built for this. Like there's so many stinky summer games of like, no, I, I can't wait to see the analysis of before and then after league's cup and see what teams are like, or what they look like after playing that congested schedule. What do they actually look like? What, what are the consequences of playing like that? And what teams really what's go for it? Go for it. I'd love it. You remember the article that I, I feel really bad. I can't remember who wrote it that showed pressing pre and bef- and post summer with the stats bomb pressing metrics that were at FB ref before. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I, I don't know who wrote it. I want to say it was Nate Gilman. And if it's not Nate Gilman gets credit anyways, but uh, great job, Nate. Thank you. It was like cratered summer game people saw 100 degrees fahrenheit and we're like i'm not doing this and so now you have that plus you're playing an extra seven eight games like no these teams are not gonna press that that's my prediction is that pressing metrics fall even more dramatically than normal and we see much deeper defensive blocks 
I would be really interested to see because St. Louis is, you know, big on that, uh, big on that energy, you know, soccer esque, you know, format. So that would kind of predict that St. Louis maybe craters in that second half as a result. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Something to think about for sure. That's a great point. Yes, it is. And Nate Gilman did write that article. Just wanted to get that one correct. Good job, nice. Nate Gilman. Great shout. Great shout. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I think the other thing, I think you get a bit of a, I don't know why. I don't know if I can formulate a good argument as to why. But in my brain, you get a bit of a pass for overperformance in like your first season. Like, I'm not so like, do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like there's just kind of like a feeling out period and there's all kinds of new that like, I feel like your numbers are going to be a lot noisier. Um, well, you you just, have no history to like check to. Like, we don't know if Berkey's going right. to be a crazy XG killer. We don't know if Klaus is going to, I don't know. Like, we don't know. Um, but I mean, like, like Levin's just a, Levin, like, it's just a great player. Um, you know, he's doing a lot like in that defensive thing, like G plus loves him. Um, I like that Jared Stroud kid a lot. Like, yeah. um, you know, you look at these guys, like there's just not like even Klaus isn't like a guy G plus loves apparently like. I just want to say Jared Stroud was somebody that we talked about before the expansion draft, both you and Mm -hmm. I. And I just want to throw that out there. I know there's a lot of hate because of what he did (laughs) to Austin and that back pass and stuff, but still. um, Deeply hilarious moment in Major League Soccer history. But he's he's, he's played really well. I think he's punched above his weight. So, St. Louis fans, here's what I'd say to you right now. We'd sit down and have a cock. I I would back away from this whole... Don't fall into the Austin trap. Don't don't do this whole like enjoy it. Please do enjoy it. Cheer on cheer on the lads. You know, uh, enjoy the goals. Enjoy the the crazy results. Uh, don't don't do long think pieces about how you've redefined Major League Soccer. Uh, you know how you've invented the high press. Uh, don't don't do any of that kind of stuff. That's never going to work. <laughs> People will keep those receipts. Uh, but yeah, just just I think be. Be wary. Like, uh, Leaks Cup, I think Kieran's right. Like, that is really going to test a very, very, like, this This is a very shallow team. Um, yeah, that could be your downfall. But you're going to make the playoffs. I truly believe that. I think you've done enough. It's not hard in Major League Soccer, but you've done it. Uh, what's your What's your forecast? Is this just going to be, like, a, a quick playoff team and then, and then out? Is that is that the deal? I think they're, like reasonably well suited to playing in the playoffs. Like I think they're not a team who's like going to make a ton of errors. They've got a good goalkeeper, like which is usually a recipe to overperforming in the playoffs. Like I think they could be a quite interesting playoff team actually. Depends on whether or not where their legs are at, because if they can play that counterattacking soccer that they really want to play and they can get on, on the break and they can make some stuff happen. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But if their legs are gone in the second half of the season, it's going to it that style of soccer is just they're going to go downhill and they're going to go downhill fast. And they'll get to a playoff spot probably, but it it, it will be an early out, I think, for them. So it, it also it also depends like how long they hold on for. Like last year, Austin did kind of all their overperformance in the first half of the season. And then basically at the halfway point, they just played to their metrics. But they had amassed enough points that they got to play like RSL in the first round. Mm-hmm. So like maybe you luck out and are like you finish second or third anyways and you get to play Minnesota instead of like falling back to sixth or fifth and having to play LAFC or something. Yeah, that's fair. That is that's that's absolutely fair. All right. Well, We'll see how it goes down, St. Louis. Uh, you know, I still believe in you. Don't do don't do long tweets about you know laminating things and you know uh, keep doubting us stuff. Just you know have fun, just enjoy it, and we'll all like you again next year too. And we'll see how it goes. Uh, do we have trivia this week, Kieran? We do indeed have trivia. Uh, let's do some trivia here in our last ten minutes. Oh uh, God! 
we've got three questions about St. Louis, three questions okay. about Austin, as per okay. usual. Okay. Um, okay. I have no idea who won. Um, I don't remember. It's so, probably it, almost assuredly it, it's been Ian. Um, this has been the summer of Ian. Well, I am, Ian. The, I am the St. Louis of trivia right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will let you start us off then, Ian. Which question would you like one to six? I would like question number one, please. Okay. Um, this is our over-under question, so keep that in mind. Austin have sold out every single home game they have played at Q2, which, if you've been, is quite the experience. It is a very cool home ground. Uh, it's the current longest home sellout streak in MLS. How many games have they sold out in a row? Harrison, would you like to set the line for us? Sure. Three years, so... That's at least 36, I, I, plus a couple other exhibition games. I will say it's over 45. Okay, so the line is at 45. Ian, would you 45. like over or under? Under. You would be correct with under. And I thought we were going to have a very special moment because the answer is exactly 36. Oh, uh, oh. I think they played, <laughs> I think they played a few so, games uh, at somewhere else before Q two opened. Oh, that is that's true. Right. Oh, that's yeah. that's tricky. That's tricksy. Yeah, tricky, so, tricky, tricky. Ian starts gotcha. today up two nil. But imagine if Harrison had pulled it off for the rare three pointer on the over under. That would have been quite would have been incredible. All right, Harrison, you've got to even it up two through six. What would you like? Let's go four. Okay, number four, Austin's. 2022 22-goal XG over performance was the stuff of legend. It's only been bettered by three teams in the ASA data set. Name those three teams. You'll get one point for each. Oh, man. Uh, Atlanta? I need a year. Oh, God. Atlanta... 2017. Okay. Give me give me all three guesses and I'll tell you how many you get. Uh I'm gonna go with Red Bulls 15 and then something like San Jose 2014. Something like that. I don't know. You got one of them. Atlanta 2017 is correct. Okay. I, theirs was, I think, the number one largest overperformance in one year. So there's one point, two, one. Ian, would you like to steal either of the other two? Yeah, Philadelphia is one of them, right? From last year? Philadelphia 22 is one. Oh, and then uh, Toronto, right? Like 20. That, that was really on the tip of my tongue. 2018? It was TFC 2017. Ah, oh. Okay. Yeah. So. Share a point. Three to one for Mr. Lamberson. Ian, up to you. One and four are gone. Uh, give me two. <laughs> this is my favorite question. St. Louis City, in all caps SC, have been tactical <sighs> pioneers in their short but thus far successful stint in MLS with their <laughs> use of the opposition center back pass the ball to our striker tactic. Correct. Name the three center backs ah. pass the ball to a St. Louis striker. I should say name the three players because one of them is not a center back. Uh, all I remember is Kip. Kip Keller is indeed one of them. Uh, so there's your one point for four one. Harrison, can you name no. either of the other two? Uh, Kip Keller was the only one I knew as well. <laughs> <laughs> the other two are Adilson Melanda on Charlotte uh, and Pablo sure. Ruiz at RSL. Oh, Pablo Ruiz. Man. Yes, indeed. Uh, it was. I only remembered Kip Keller as well. <laughs> Poor, <guy. laughs> Poor, Poor Kip. His, uh, his legacy is set. Yeah. All right, Harrison, you're up. You've got three, five, and six. Let's go with six, sir. Okay. Sporting director Lutz Fan and Steel has famously led an eccentric career as a player before his time in St. Louis. While playing in New Zealand, what animal did Fan and Steel kidnap from a local colony to live in his bathtub? Uh, what? Yes, he kidnapped uh, an animal from a local colony and kept it in his bathtub. And then he was threatened uh, with criminal charges and he returned it. I'm going to guess a penguin because that would make sense to me. And you would be spot on with a penguin. Damn, hell yes. 
Four feeling three. those five. Yes, yes. They said that they would. Uh, he stole would, a penguin. Yes. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's from a zoo, a zoo or what. The, yeah, he kidnapped a penguin to live in his bathtub, and they he was threatened with deport deportation, and so he returned it. What? Yeah. Here's, my que- here's my question. If he got deported, did he get to keep the penguin with him? No, did he just like not? Bye. I'm taking this penguin. We're going to go back to <laughs> here's Germany. What I, here's what I want to know. How long did he have the penguin? And did he have roommates? Okay. <laughs> I just looked this up because I had to get more information on this. Uh, when I played in New Zealand in Dunedin, that's the biggest colony of penguins actually outside of Antarctica. When I saw them, I fell in love with the idea of a penguin as a pet. So I borrowed one for a few days, put them <laughs> on my bathtub with a lot of ice, realized pretty quickly it's not really a good pet to have. The smell was terrible. I brought him back where he came from and he lived happily ever after, Fantasteel said. Amazing. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, it is four wow. to three. Ian, tee us up. Three or five. Uh, five. Uh, it's always a good thing when your DPs produce the goods for you. Name the three players leading Austin in total G plus above average. Hint, it's not Ragoni. Um, uh, leading G plus like this year or this season G plus above average for Austin. Um, I'm going to guess that Finnish guy Vassanen. Okay, there is one. Uh, so bad if you mention that. Ring? Is Ring one of them? Ring is not one of them. Ring is I'll not give you a third guess, though. Um, let's see. It's not. It's Pereira, right? Any it Pereira? is also not Pereira. Oh, wow. I don't know anything about these. <laughs> Harrison, would you like to steal the other two? This is a good chance that you can, you can equalize if you get both. Are, are we talking about, uh, did you say starters or just players in general? Players for Austin, total G plus above average. So not per 96, just total G plus. I know neither of them are starters. I know both of them have less than 500 minutes or roughly right around 400 minutes. Um, I think the only other starter in positive goals added is uh, John Gallagher. I don't oh, remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember the, uh, the players names though. Cause they're, they're. You, they, you- yeah. You are correct that neither is a starter and that they are both lower minutes players. It is not John Gallagher. Would you like a second guess to throw a name out? Like I have it on one of the tabs. I could click on it, but go ahead and no. share it with our li- listeners. Sofian Jafal and yeah. Zan Kolmanek. Kolmanek? Kolmanek. I like Zan like Kolmanek, actually. He was like in fan, Seattle fan trades with uh, the center back, the one who sucks as a person. Right? Yeah, I think that was mostly me. Trying oh, to trade nice. him. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was definitely trying to trade uh, trade uh, Ariaga Ari. Ari for Colmonic on Twitter. I was definitely trying to do that. Yeah, nice. surprisingly, it didn't work. I don't have that ability. I don't know. That's uh, a pretty good trade. That's a pretty yeah. good uh, that, that, right. that fits in my yeah, uh, you, know, you know. Yeah. Well, Harrison, you are down five to three. This last question is worth three points. You can wow. have a heroic comeback. Or win. St. Louis are currently rocking goalkeeper Roman Berkey as a DP Mm -hmm. for accounting purposes. He becomes only the fourth goalkeeper to be a DP in MLS. Oh, I need you to name the other three. Philadelphia, who did you have? Who? It's a very famous one. Uh, An MLS cult lore, if you will. Yeah, definitely, yeah, not I, a, definitely not a hero, but a cult lore. Oh God, I'm trying to remember what this dude's name is because God, we made so it's much important. fun you of can, him on the podcast. Win. You could win it's, here; it's important. I'm not going to, and I already I, I knew that. I resigned to, to as much, um, and then um, I feel like Chicago also signed somebody, but I don't remember. Who that was. There's a really obvious one you're missing. I'm so excited. Please come to me. 
You are horrible, and I don't like you at all, Ian. Um, designated player. Ian, can I, can, I give it, can I give him a hint? I think I should at least get one hint. <laughs> one, okay. one of them owns a USL team now and has a penchant for oh, gentlemen's Tim Howard. Clubs. Oh, God. So there's Tim one Howard. for 5-4 yeah. to make it interesting. And then, can you name one of the other two? I oh man, it, his name is. I'm I'm completely whiffing on the Philadelphia name. It, it it like it's right there on the tip of my tongue, and that's why I'm being. I like I won't. Go ahead, Ian. Have both of them. I you 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 don't deserve them, but have them. <laughs> the only metric by which I would deserve them is knowing them, and I do. So. All right, Ian, fire them off. Do you know the other two? Uh, we got Timmy Howard. We got Frank Roast from the New York Red Bulls back in the day. And of course, Reason Bolhe. Yes, that is correct. Frank Roast uh, and Rice and Bolhe. Rice and Bolhe was the He was the goalkeeper for Algeria when. Yes, he was, coming, he was coming off World Cup and they signed mm-hmm. him for way too much money coming off that World Cup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, that was, and that was the year that they also had drafted uh, Andre Blake at number one overall. They, not only did they draft Andre Blake, they drafted Andre Blake number one. They dumped Zach McMath, who was quite good yes. for Raisin Bully. And then they played him nine games. And then Jim Curtin gave a press conference saying he will never play for us again. He's terrible. He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quite Raisin funny. Bully. But uh, Frank Roast, like I, that is not a name I remember yeah, I at all. did not remember that one at all. He is just something, you know, because I just know this trivia question because he, I've he, thought about it a lot. <laughs> he also only played like 11 games or something. Like yeah, that. he was just a trivia guy. I remember him, they talking about that when Tim Howard signed his deal. Um, was Brad, I guess Brad Guzan was a TAM guy. He never really, he wouldn't yeah, have crossed so, the so was, so was Vito Minoni. Yeah. Um, but these, but Atlanta and uh, Minnesota both have three DPs, so they never were like a yeah, they would never kind of be able to do it. Well, there you go. Yes, it was quite difficult to track down whether Mboli actually was a DP or not because he's not in the Wikipedia all-time designated player list. Really, but I, was, but I was certain that he was, so I had to find like news articles from the time being like he signed as a designated player. Yeah, yeah, I went deep and- on this one. You know, you shouldn't sign a guy that 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 drops a shot for Landon Donovan. So you know, you shouldn't do who, it. Who would be like? I don't even know what that would be like now. Who from December from the December World Cup? It would be like if some MLS team was like Enter oh, Valencia. Like, yeah, here's ten million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm sure they'd he love was, to he do wasn't it. even good at the World Cup. You can see to be clear, this is this is not even an MLS thing. Like there, there are teams the world over that no, overpay no, on World wrong. Cups all the time, and we you're just see wrong. that. So, all right, is that trivia? That is all trivia. You win seven three, my friend, and I will remember that you won next week instead of just assuming Harrison pulled the comeback. Uh, off. I, I I have it was seven four. I got one point, sir. Sorry, you're right. It was seven four. You are correct. Golly, I you gave me a hint and I got it. Thank you. Yes. All right. Spin that wheel of teams. We have got first up, we have our friends down south led by Benny Ball and Carlin Carpenter, Houston. Ooh. Ooh. (sighs) And next up, we've got spin the wheel. Ooh, we have Nashville. That's an interesting mix of teams. Yeah. We not already talked about Nashville? I, thought, no. I guess we haven't. I, yeah, mean, I, feel, I feel like we did, but I don't think we actually did. Maybe like a small aside. Yeah, we might have done an aside on Nashville. If, if we talked about Henny, that's all we, I mean, that's all you're going to say. That's, that's 90% of what we're going to talk about with Nashville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. We probably, we, I think we might have talked about Henny when we were talking about MVPs at one point. Oh, yeah, I think it was like a trivia question thing. I feel like Zimmerman's come up in a trivia question, too. Yeah, also, probably. is really, really quick, uh, Rice and Bully, is, is, would he be Jordan Pickford? What, what do you mean, would he be Jordan Pickford? Like, yeah, if we just gave him, like, Jake Jordan Pickford after the after the World Cup, if we just gave him like $10 million to come uh, to yeah, MLS. Phil, Phil, Phil Neville being like Jordan Pickford come to MLS? Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, hey, we can't get Messi, but we can get Jordan Pickford. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that. That plays. We were so close. We were so close. That could have happened. All all those Miami away tickets that I've bought in hopes that Messi signs for them are going straight to zero. (laughs) Well, you know what? Is what it is. That's what it is. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Um, I'm Ian. You can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Uh, thank you to Harrison and Kieran. You can find Kieran on Twitter at Kier Doyle, K-I-E-R Doyle. And Harrison is Harrison underscore Crow. Follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter at Analysis Evolved. And please visit the website www.americansocceranalysis.com. Also, got to bring it up. If you want to support American Soccer Analysis, and we need it, we love it, uh, we'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, there's one Patreon tier. We have $5 a month. Just helps us out with the server costs. They keep going up because more and more people are accessing it, and that's great. Uh, but it does help us out a ton, uh, and we'd appreciate it if you could. And also, if you do, you get to uh, join our Patreon-only Discord, where we have all kinds of smart people uh, discussing all kinds of smart, fun things. And it's just a good way to pass the time at, at work and uh, also a great way to support us uh, and still getting some fun out of it, too. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash American Soccer Analysis. We will see you again in a couple weeks to discuss Houston and Nashville. Until then, enjoy the soccer.